Thank you for joining me, Emma. Today on the show, I have Emma Forrest from Buff Studios, a very successful nail company in Melbourne, Victoria. She has two amazing studios, one in Church Street, Brighton, and one in Camberwell. It's Burke Road, Camberwell. Burke Road, Camberwell, which I had the pleasure of going to the opening, and it is absolutely beautiful, both from a design aesthetic um, and also um, her staff um, and and the, the her team are fantastic. So I'm delighted to have you on the show today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. And I'm excited to talk about all things business as a, as a woman entrepreneur, as a businesswoman, as a mother, mm-hmm. um, and you have such a uh, you know vast professional background. And um, and I'd love to share your insights. With with our audience. Cool. So um, <laughs> let's get into it. So um, tell me a little bit about your background, Emma, because you've come, uh, we've had this chat where you and I have swapped roles. <laughs> I came from a service industry, yep. you came from a digital background. So what's tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, so I started out as you said, in digital uh, and tech, you know, when I was 20. And that was sort of the first, you know, 10 to 15 years of my career was really centred and anchored all around the digital world, um, being e-commerce and retail. Um, so my very first job was with Mecca when they oh, were, wow. they were um, you know, still a lot smaller than they are now, um, <laughs> at the back of a sort of factory um, working in their online business. And that's that's where I started and sort wow. of developed a, you know, that coupled my passion for beauty, but also um, my, you know, experience in digital as well. So I uh, started out there and then, yeah, kind of went up through the ranks in a lot of beauty retailers. I also worked in agencies. So building you know, the technology and platforms that these businesses run off online. Um, But always for me, I suppose what, uh, you know, I developed a passion for was the experience side of things. So customer service and experience in an online space, like how do you bring that to life and how do you do that well when there's no, you know, you're not interfacing with someone there's no, in person. That's right. That would be actually really, really hard. Yeah. You know, it's, like it's, how do you give that customer experience or that nice, friendly user journey as they're going through the website so they feel like they're talking? Totally. Like part of shopping is going into the store and, you know, chatting to the staff yep. and trying, especially in the beauty space, trying mm-hmm. on the blush or the lipstick. It's all part of the experience, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah, beauty in particular is so sensory, right? So, yeah, you know, yeah, you yeah. want to touch, feel, smell, all of that. Um, you know, it's a was a really exciting challenge of how you bring that to life online, and that's sort of where my focus led. Um, and then prior to starting Buff, I was at Aesop for the five years prior to that. I oh, would love Aesop. Yes, still a massive fan to this day. Love Aesop. Yeah. <laughs> I've not met anyone. Yeah, I've been using Aesop since they first had their first little Brunswick Street store back in the 90s because I used to work on Brunswick Street. And I remember I was an apprentice and I spent virtually my entire first year hairdressing apprenticeship wages on two products back then. (laughs) (laughs) And, but I, um, yeah, I still love them. It's, it's, you know, I mean, it's, an exceptional brand and what they've done and how they've grown, you know, especially as an Australian business as well. Yeah. Super impressive. And I think I was really lucky to be involved in that business at a time of huge growth as well. So um, got to see many facets of the business, both locally and work internationally as well. So yeah, yeah. gave me some really good learnings and, um, and exposure, which I'm grateful for. And, um, you know, I think a lot of things I learned there, I kind of have taken into Buff, where even though you know Buff is a service-based physical 
business. It definitely is. At this yeah. point in time. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think I had a, developed a great appreciation there for the details and the little things that kind of make an experience memorable and and valuable to, to customers. Um, yeah. And so I do often say, you know, I've certainly taken some learnings from there into Buff for sure. Oh, fantastic. Because I guess, and you know, um, and you you opened up your first store in Church Street, Brighton, yeah. um, it, in 2020, just before yeah. lockdown. <laughs> so I guess the pressure of that, you know, kind of when you were allowed to reopen and mm. provide that service, mm. you know, of giving that extra that little bit extra to your clients, yeah. you know, but tell us about that because that, I mean, we, you just recently shared that with me and yes. I was like, oh, my goodness, like yep. you've just started this new project, your first business, and then bang, we go into lockdown. Yeah. How did it affect you? I mean, yeah, like it was a leap of faith going into just starting Buff, going out on my own, running, starting a business. I've never had my own business before as well. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. you know, there was a lot of things all coming in, coming in at once. Um, but I suppose, yeah, there was that build up to launch and then we knew COVID was happening in the background and that obviously started February, March 2020, you know, mm-hmm. there was the rumblings of it and it came to be. And um, so we knew that it was there in the background and trying as best as possible to plan, but also just plowing forward to make sure, well, if things are all okay, let's be ready to open and, and you know, hit the ground running. Mm. Um, but yeah, wasn't to be. We we traded for I think a total of six or seven weeks before being shut down for four months or however long that was. Just what a new business needs. Just what you need, <laughs> you know. And um, you know, we didn't have any customers really at that stage. You know, there was had so a really much fear everywhere, wasn't there? To- absolutely. So um, it certainly, um, you know, opened my eyes to go. Well, the lesson I really took away from it was you've got to think of all possibilities. What are the outcomes? Don't just like, you know, I was quite focused at that point in time on like getting this business, getting the doors open, having customers walk through our doors, building loyalty, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, that was really, you know, the rug was really pulled out from underneath me on that. Yeah, I think for you and, and, and a lot of uh, young businesses that opened up around that time because we hadn't been through a pandemic before. No. We've never experienced um, lockdowns ever before and not as severely as we did here in Victoria mm, and Melbourne. Mm. So that was, it was like a a double whammy and I you know there's already so many aspects of a new business that you need to consider when you're planning it in that first initial concept you know conceptualization of it and then to be thrown into this yeah yeah it was it's it was a hard so how did you navigate through it so I think you know I accepted the fact that we we it was a bit of out of our control in terms of being able to trade um, and really focused in on just building a conversation with our customers through our social platform so we had it, prior in the lead up to opening, we had built up a bit of a following. We had started talking to customers, built a lot of excitement around the the business and the yeah. brand. Yeah. Um. And I thought, well, you know, can't throw this all away just because we're closed for months on end. Like, yeah. let's let's talk. Yeah. Um. And have a dialogue through our social channels with clients, so we could talk about things like nail care and basic things from home, and you know, trends and and that kind of thing, and just kind of you know, keep us there in the background still yeah, when we yeah. do reopen, you know, we're sort of there top of mind. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, yeah, you know, we did a bit of that. I did have to 
jump pretty quickly into looking at some product um, for people to have at home. So, um, you know, we've got some retail product that was available to help women care for their nails at home, that type of thing. Um, Because you know what? I think I didn't realise, I underestimated how much I enjoyed going to get my nails done. Out of all the beauty treatments, I didn't care about my face. I didn't care about my hair. Like Mm -hmm. I don't think I even did my hair for about six months. (laughs) You and me both, yeah. Right? I didn't care. I could put a hat on. Who cared? But I remember saying to my husband, I said, the one thing I really miss is getting my nails done, which I didn't think I was going to miss that Mm, much. Interesting. Right? Yeah. I actually didn't think. But you know what? I come to realise it's actually the only time that I can't touch my phone. Yes. And I uh, can't do anything but just sit still because someone's doing my nails and doing my feet. And I didn't realise how that you know, hour or hour and a half mm. uh, actually Im- gave back to me. Yep. Right. You and so many women, I think, like they realise that it really is your moment. It's a true moment where you get to sit down, switch off, and it's a little bit of me time. Yeah. It's just, it's a self, like I I tell everyone, it's a moment of self-care for yourself, honestly. Oh, 100%. You know, you can have, there's all different, all different ways you can do that, but have, sitting and having your nails done is definitely yeah, yeah. one of those. And um, yeah. It's, no. And, and the fact that, you know, you, you kind of branched out as part of your strategy to, you know, you know, uh, help people, help women care for their nails at home is is a really is really was really important during that time because mm-hmm. I think we all kind of everything kind of fused during COVID for a yeah. lot of women. You know, they were working from home and they were mothers and then the kids and then the husband and it was all just like one big. So kind yeah. of having a little bit of something that you're part of your self care ritual, even yes. if it is just buffing your nails down or putting some cuticle oil yeah, on, was it. important. Mm. Yeah, no, that's little I simple think, pleasures. Little I simple think. pleasures. Yeah. So, you know what? And as a woman yourself, and a busy working mum, and you know, running two businesses, we do not get that time, mm. do we? No. You know, it's always we give, 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 give. And I think having, um, you know, doing those little simple things for ourselves is, yes, yeah, super yeah. valuable. Well, that's actually, you know, one of my drivers or motivators for starting Buff was very much about creating a space for women to come. Uh, that they can have that time to themselves and really enjoy it. You know, I, I, one of the key drivers was I felt when I went and got my nails done in Melbourne, wherever it might be, um, you know, you walk in and it was quite a stressful yeah. or, you know, it wasn't really a pleasurable experience. And yeah. I believe that it should be so much more than that. You know, you go to your hairdresser, you go to a beauty salon, all these other sort of more um, beauty services, and it's a beautiful experience more often than not. Yeah, yeah you know, it's yeah. all it's quite thoughtful. It's curated. You're in a beautiful space. It's relaxing. You go, oh, love yeah, that. Yeah, nails just absolutely has not been catered for. No, no. You walk in, it's all hurried, and you kind of feel like you're getting, you know, rushed in, or- rushed out. It might not feel super hygienic. It's not, you know, you are carving out an hour, but it felt like a chore. So yeah, yeah. I was like, well, let's make this an experience for the women who do come in and just have their hour to just cut out from the day. Make it enjoyable, make it pleasurable, make it memorable because that's what we deserve, you know. 100%. It shouldn't be less than that. Um, 100%. So that's that's kind of really one of the reasons that, that Buff exists and, and to have that for women, you know, on top of obviously really great quality 
beautiful nails. It's, you know, the whole package. It's everything that surrounds that as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think from a design perspective, and I think I said this too when I met you um, in, in in the store in Burke, in Burke Road, uh, the actual aesthetic of um, of Buff is beautiful. It's not your generic um, feminine, although it's quite soft, yes. and your colour palettes are like quite calming because it's blues and greys. Mm-hmm. And obviously being in interiors myself, I really had such an immense appreciation. I remember walking in going, oh, thank God someone yeah. said actually. <laughs> in, in the nicest of nicest ways, I'm like, this is so nice. Like this is beautiful, and it, it does add to the experience. Yeah. Tell me about your concept behind the design because you've mm. got some beautiful artwork and some beautiful kind of uh, key aesthetic pointers. I think there was this beautiful grey um, uh, kind of aspects of it, and then you've got that gorgeous bright royal blue colour, which I yes. know is part of your um, logo as yes. well. Yeah. So how did you come up with that? Because it is completely different yeah. to any beauty salon regardless. Yeah, I think I wanted to make, you know, beauty gets so pigeonholed as being this pink kind of, I always say it's sort of a little bit like the dumb blonde, you know, it doesn't have <laughs> any intelligence to it. Sometimes they're just like, oh, you know, cute and pink and fun and, you yeah, know, yeah. hey, babe, that kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> um, and, you know, that doesn't resonate with everyone. And I don't think, you know, I don't think we should dumb down those sorts of things. And so I didn't want to kind of fall into the corner of being, yeah, the pink and pink bubblegum kind of thing. Oh, I you're definitely to... not pink bubblegum, no. baby. No, definitely not pink. <laughs> you know, I, I pro- definitely we are a bit more minimal and pared back, but I believe that, you know, you don't, sometimes that creates a sense of calm. So colour influences our mood so heavily, oh, you know. absolutely. So 100%. it's looking at, you know, how do we create the space to be really calming without overfilling it with things. And so the use of colour and textures and things I uh, put a lot of thought into when working with the um, with the designers on the space. Who were the designers? Golden. So Golden, they that's did right. a beautiful job. Well done, Golden. Yeah. Well done. Good shout out to them. Big shout um, out to Golden. And we've won a few awards for that space, actually. Really? Yeah, some design awards. So oh, that is amazing. It, it is, you know, I love that space and it has, it's, you know, two years down the track, I still love it as much as the day that we opened. Um, and people still walk in and it's, a, you know, it does have a special feeling. You kind of, uh, we designed it with the thought in mind that, you know, when you come in and step off the street, you should feel like you're transitioning into yes. a sanctuary. Yes. There should be a moment of transition and, and upright and you walk up this little corridor and then it opens out into this beautiful space that you can't hear anything from the street and that feels really nice. You're like, oh, you take a breath. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I suppose, yeah, colours and textures and, you know, it still feels, I think, beauty, um, but also you have to be very mindful of um, what finishes and things you use in a, a nail salon. It's obviously very dusty. Lots There's chemicals and things at play, so it's kind of finding the balance between things, and I think we did a really good job there. You, and, did, yeah. you did. And both stores are so, di- like, although you can tell they're, they're brother and sister, the stores mm. themselves, but the Brighton aesthetic slightly different in terms of, I think, the layout of the um, the actual building. I th- yes. Is it, there's a door. I've not been to the Brighton one. Yeah, I'm yeah. busting to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it's kind of a little bit underground it and obscure, is. which I love. It's 
almost like a mystery. Where am I going? Yeah. And then it opens up to this amazing, beautiful. I I was describing it to my husband, going, "Well, I kind of feel like it's a bit Nordic slash Japanese minimal mm-hmm. minimalism mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. used together." Yeah. So I'm probably wrong. So I'm sorry, Golden, if I didn't nail that one. <laughs> but that's how it kind of comes out because it's quite. It's got a little edge to it. Yeah. Yet it's still quite soft and. It um, is. And it's. It's not feminine, but it has those feminine aspects to it. Yeah? Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Because boys love to get their nails done. Well, that's done. it. We get, you know, we have plenty of males walk through the door who, and I, I would say that's actually something that's increasing in, is seeing more males walk through the door um, to get a manicure or a pedicure. And so you do kind of want to also make it. Yeah, 100%. You don't want to kind of push away people because of, you know, how you're positioning yourself. We are for everyone. Yes, especially Young, now more old, whatever you, yeah. However you identify like it is for everyone. And yeah, so yeah. I think creating a space that um, makes people feel that way is important too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, yeah, interesting with the Japanese Nordic kind of thing. So, you know, I'm all about hosting people in a space as well. Ah. So, you know, obviously the Japanese, I think, um, do that incredibly well. Oh, very, very well. It was well. preempting your needs and it's all about graciously hosting you in your space. And that to me is sort of from the moment you walk into a buff space, you should be greeted, welcomed. There's somewhere to put your coat, your bag, your rings, you know, all these little details that just kind of make things feel natural, yeah. you know, kind of, it doesn't feel forced, but it's thought, there. Thought about, yeah. 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 Um, I think that builds up part of the experience as well and is those are the little touches that I think are important. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's yeah. all in the fine detail, isn't mm-hmm. it? You know, even uh, regardless whether it's uh, design aesthetics, uh, you know, it's all in those like tiny little details that you know you've considered and perhaps no one else has, but make mm. all the big difference. Yes. Don't, isn't yep. it? You know, and even if it is like a mint at the end of your journey yep. or, the, or you know, whatever, it, yep. it does make a big, big and difference. And then when you do miss it out, say it gets for whatever, people always know, oh, that, oh, I didn't have that this time or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you do realise it's so important. People so do notice them. They notice it mm. 100%. And, mm. you know, often sometimes people will compare their experience from one salon to another and go, you know what, I like being looked after. And I think as women yeah. too, mm. you know, going back to being a mother and a caregiver and all those all those hats, mini hats that we wear, yes. we spend so much time looking after everyone, you know, mm. from kids to, to husbands to parents to sisters to brothers to, to nephews and nieces, you know, grandparents, yep. all that stuff that we do on a daily and our staff. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's nice to have someone care for you. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> and it is, it is in making the coffee yes. and, you know, and, and getting a nice co- cup of coffee That's or it. getting someone to put money in your parking meter or all those little things. It does add up to yeah. It does make the experience just that little bit extra. And yes. I think that's important, especially now. Yeah, more than, even more, more than, so. Yeah. More than ever, yeah. more than ever. But um, now you've you've gone, like we said um, in our, at the start of our conversation, you came from a digital space yes. into the service industry. But now, you know, we understand that you've always kind of been in that beauty kind of um, element. Mm, mm. So in terms of nails, what made you to decide to go into the nail space? Obviously, yep. you know, it makes sense that you've still stayed into the beauty, but why specifically the nail industry? Because it is an industry in itself in terms of all the beauty industries, right? Absolutely, yeah. Um, and so it's interesting how you kind of decided to go down that road. What made you decide yeah. to do that? I think so for me, out of all the beauty 
things that we can get done. I have been religious about my nails since very young and I've always enjoyed it. It is for me my thing that I love doing, you know, once every few weeks to go sit down and tap out and enjoy myself. Love looking down at my hands and, you know, <laughs> that makes me feel good. Even if my skin's bad or my hair's off or whatever it is, having nice, beautifully manicured nails always feels great. Yeah. So, you know, that was that's, you know, probably my beauty thing. Um, and then coupled with the fact that I just feel like the nail industry specifically in Australia, just the standards are so low and it had been driven down to be all about the cheapest, fastest nails that you could get done. Um, and that's not a good, that was, that's not a good thing. That's still, exi- of, you know, I yeah. think there's still that mentality very much today. Mm. Um, yeah. And I, you know, women aren't proud to work in the nail industry. They. There's a bit of a stigma around it. There isn't is, there? there is. It's sort of, that's the bottom of the barrel a little bit, I think, in terms of, you know, what you could do in the beauty space as, as a, as a, um, a, a worker as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I just thought, this is crying out for someone to come in and um, create an experience that can be provided at scale as well. So there's lots of, you know, there's a, there's under the surface, there are amazing nail techs out there. They work for themselves, often from home. They have great businesses, you know. Well, we they're amazing it. entrepreneurs. They are. Yeah, they are. yeah. Like I will, I would follow a really good nail tech because, yep. like, oh my god, she got my SNS perfect. That's it. You know, there it is a craft and it isn't a skill. Absolutely, it's and not. You don't realize until you get like, obviously, not coming from the technical side of things. What I've uncovered is like, like this huge appreciation for this skill that they have to develop because it's so, I mean, look at the size of your nail. It's tiny. So you're working on these, you know, very yeah, exactly. um, small spaces and, and, you know, they've got creative minds, they've got technical skills, it, you know, it's, it's, it's impressive. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's a really fragmented industry as mm. well. So um, I the vision with BAF is very much we want to be able to provide elevate the standards of the industry and provide access to a better standard, you know, nationally. Yeah. Um, and not just in the actual service, but also in the treatment of the employees. That's right. Yeah, yeah right. that's because a really is, important thing for me. We, I remember having a chat to you when I came out to the Burke Street store and, and that was something, your, your employees, like, are beaming with yeah. confidence and they're happy to work there. Mm, and mm. It, it was actually nice to see that in a, in a nail salon that not only are they proud to be working there, which yep. uh, they're actually very, you can tell they're very, very happy. And it mm. is, I think the beauty industry in general is one of those industries that, you know, there are a few things that need to be shaken up and, you know, brought to brought to the surface. Yes. And I think what you're doing and what you want to do mm. um, is amazing because you spoke about um, also helping the girls grow um, in their profession from a technical aspect as well. Definitely. You know, and evolve their careers and really yeah. feel supported in their in their journey as a nail technician. That's right. Um, and add value to what they do. And yeah. it resonates. It really, really does yeah. in, in, in the girls. Well, they, yeah, I think there's so, you know, there's not a lot of career pathways at the moment. Mm. And so looking at where as a business we can, and particularly as we scale, provide, you know, pathways for them to grow and develop, be it technically or if they, you know, want to develop business skills or things like that as well. Like we can provide that in different ways, Mm. you know, whether it's management opportunities, you know, skills training, external or internal in the business. It's really important to to help them realise that they can continue to grow. You're not 
just a nail tech, if yeah, you know what I, I mean. Love that. Yeah, yeah. I you're empowering them. Yeah, in a sense, you know, and it's not a very common thing in, in in particular in the nail industry. Yeah, you know, and to give a woman another woman, or not necessarily a woman, you know, it could be a you know um, a man doing your nails, yes. regardless. Yeah, yeah. But just to give your employees or your team that that support and that empowerment that they can grow yes. within your company. Yeah, I think today more than ever is such an it's such an important aspect of work culture. Definitely. You know, and I think you're doing a great job doing that because, like mm. I said um, earlier, it, you can actually see the difference. They're smiling and they're happy. Um, and w- that was one of the other things when I came back. I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's so refreshing to see, you know, girls actually wanting to, you know, yes. come and sit down, you yeah. know, and, um, and and do your nails rather than not even look up sometimes and just point you to the chair or point you to the <laughs> to the That's color. Pick your colour. Yes. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It's... Yeah, there it is the nail industry is notoriously rough, I think, for probably not the um the greatest treatment of staff as well. Um yeah. you know, there's an undercurrent of other things that go on, I think, there, you know. Yeah. Even if you know, if you've that's done really deeply. Podcast, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I won't even go into that's a complex topic. Yeah. Um but yeah, you know, for me, we're creating a business where we pay above the world wa- wage, we give them career pathways, we invest in their training, and we see them as a long-term, you know, yeah. investment as well. So we want these, you know, our employees to grow with us and, yeah, and yeah. Um, feel like there is a career in it for them. Yeah. Um, because a lot of them, you know, they, I've got, I've got everything from, you know, I've got Young women who might be 19, 20, and they've just done their training and they just want to come and get experience. I've got women who have been doing it for 25 years, single mums, you know, wow. all different kind of backgrounds too. Yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah. you know, it, it's fascinating that sometimes they lack, I think, a bit of confidence. And so providing some structure and some um, support for them to really build their confidence and career, their own careers is really, yeah, it's, it's really nice to be able to to help them do that. Yeah. It's so good. I think it's it's really it must be really rewarding for it you is. for it you as a, as a, not only just as a woman but also as as a businesswoman as well because it is everyone wants a successful business but I think your your business is only as successful as your team Couldn't agree behind more. it. Yeah. Yep. And when your team's happy and you're happy then you know it, it can't not succeed. It will follow. Yeah, you know, it will the follow. Success, if it's financial success or whatever it is that you're pursuing that will follow but only if those other kind of building blocks are there and in place. I, I really do believe that. Yeah. 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 Tell me a little bit about um obviously, you know, you've you've um you've got the nail industry the nail business is is a busy one. Yes. Um and um and so the girls um would probably be doing I don't know how many, you know, nails a day, but yep. like how do you how do you kind of balance them not not overworking them because it is also the nail industry is notorious for the long hours yes. and you know and working really really hard um and how, how do you what what have you got in place in terms of helping the girls kind of have a good balance yeah so I've been really mindful of that because it's certainly something I heard a lot even when just hiring staff mm, about mm. that that being yeah, an issue that yeah. burnout that burnout piece um so you know the way we structure our days and how the salons operate we're very flexible with hours we don't um we typically don't put anyone in a shift longer than an eight hour shift so you might stagger the way that you resource the business um we have you know we make sure there are actually gaps between appointments to act as a buffer so that you know they're not jumping from one client to another um and also then the client 
isn't impacted as well. So, you know, it, it goes both ways a little bit, but yeah, definitely how we schedule the business is is really critical it sounds a little bit mundane but it actually no, is but it's not a walk-in is, model is it no so no, we no. do we do focus on it being an appointment space yeah. business and um, that makes a massive difference both for the the client and and your staff as well absolutely like it's that was kind of a critical thing we had to decide and and, mm. and go with um and then yeah, I suppose we both of the salons operate very much as a team. So they are collaborative. Um, you do have your own clients and they focus on that. But, you know, you are working in a very supportive team environment where I've created a good culture of them being able to pick up or, you know, look ahead and say, oh, that she's running behind. I'll help her out and do this. And so, you know, I think I'm really lucky that the people that we do have in our business, you know, they're all on the same page and they work together and they are there to be a part of a team. That's, and and that's critical when I hire someone. It's, you know, you've got to want to be part of a team because you are. Like the only yeah. way that things run smoothly is if you work together. So And that's an important facet mm, in, in 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 your in team building and also in work culture. Like mm, being knowing that you are a collection of people working together rather than, you know, this is my client. That's it. Yeah. You know, don't touch my client. Yeah. And I don't care if you're running late, you know. It's yep. so important to have that because, um, you know, your clients will f- pick up on that too. Well, that's it. That's the thing as well. It impacts your client experience. So it's you really got to find the people who want to be part, you know, they want to work in a salon environment in a business that is collaborative and and have that kind of quality. You know, it's not for everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, not everyone's that way inclined. So, yeah, um, that that's kind of how, how we work. I think, you know, having a relaxed and open environment as well, so we're not overly hierarchical. Um, you know, I'm just still at, in the salon every week as well so they can, you know, I've got a presence and there's a manager, all those things. they kind yeah. of got support structures and people to lean on and we're very open and honest and go, oh, today was a crazy day, but let's, you know, and, and acknowledge that and move on to the next and that sort of thing too. So I think That's good. we don't hide behind or, or shy away from the fact that Sometimes stuff is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> How do you deal with crazy stuff? Um, have you had many crazies other than, oh, well, let's put COVID aside, but from have you had any crazy <laughs> crazy situations well, where you think. go, gosh, I wasn't expecting that today? You, oh, I'm trying to think. I mean, I do have a raft of, um, you know, being in a service industry and having just people from, you know, all walks of life coming through hey, the door. There's 20 years of hairdressing. <laughs> I'm hearing you. <laughs> I'm hearing you. It's a whole um, different. Yeah, you get, you you know, you certainly do get people who might have unrealistic expectations or um, no. react in ways that are <laughs> very vocal on the, on the salon floor and things like that. How do you um, deal with that? Because you know what, I, you, you know, like Emma, just thinking about that, I remember as a hairdresser, especially mm. as a young hairdresser, mm. and when... Client would, you know, yep. be overreacting. Yes, um, yes. And you know, as a young hairdresser, I would literally go, "Oh my god, what's happening? Am I going to get yeah, sacked?" It's intimidating. Now? It's intimidating. Right. How do you like? How do you deal? How do you deal with that? Like, how do you? How, and, and it's not just it's not just the staff that you have to deal with, but yeah, you know, you obviously still have to remain professional. To- yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, being in the service industry, you don't you want you don't you don't know what she's going to say when she leaves or he no. or whoever. No, right. And we're you know we rely on where to mouth and review and that sort of thing too. So yeah, yeah, you do, yeah. It is how, a how, like mm, give so us give us an, give us your journey. My and I say this to every single 
person who comes into the business, like my, my one thing that I have learned over the years is you do not know what else has happened in that person's day. And you've got to take, you know, the emotion out of the fact of they are reacting like this and it might feel totally unreasonable and wild, but you've just got to, you've got to maintain the calmness. Like you bring the calmness to that situation and you're in control of diffusing that situation. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, some, there might be other stuff going on. It might not actually be us. It could be something else. Yeah. So let's think of it like that and address it really calmly or the the client is still client the client and generally they are right whether or not we agree with it um and so you know I think you've got to take in a lot of empathy towards the the clients and just think on your feet to go well what are they trying to get out of this situation and work out how I suppose we're going to get there yeah. in a way that you feel like you it's you know that they feel like that they've been heard and they've gotten what they want out of it but Maybe it was a bit different what they were originally intending. Yeah, yeah. you know, you, you, we're in control. We've got to guide as the professionals. You've got to guide the situation, right? Kill with kindness. Kill them with <laughs> kindness. And I know sometimes it hurts to do it, but it's yeah. um, it's it's a way to. that works. You do have to do it. I think. Um, How know. do you go about then, kind of calming staff down? I, I could I could only imagine like if it's you know because uh, I, I like I said I remember as a as a yeah as I got not, as I got older I didn't kind of concern myself like, oh well they're having a bad day or whatever yeah. they're taking it out on us but yes. um, as a young hairdresser you said you've got you know some youngies we in do there, we and do that, that's a really like a traumatic experience for someone that hasn't been exposed to that before definitely. how do you deal with that definitely from a, from a staff perspective yeah so I'm. Um, Really thankful for having two amazing managers at both of the salons who I think really um, act as a mentor and as a such, you know, an amazing reference point for those younger people within the business to look at how they handle it. So they've kind of got someone to defer to when, if it needs to escalate. Yeah. And they'll see how they handle it. And often then that's that learning experience to go, oh, okay. That's how I should deal with that. Even though it's intimidating, we do, we, you know, there's a bit of coaching that goes into also saying, you're the professional. And they're like, oh, I'm not, you know, oh, yeah. I'm not confident to do that. I don't want to say no. And it's like, yeah, but they will listen to you. You are the professional in their eyes. Yeah. So true. And so, you know, take that on board and like believe in yourself to do that. I think yeah. it's just, a, it's just a confidence and it's an experience thing. Exactly. Once you do it once or twice, often it starts <laughs> to come a lot easier. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, what do you think is um, the most important lesson you've learned so far in in, in this new, um, I guess, business venture uh, and as an entrepreneur and as a woman? Like what is one of the things that you think you've learned um, as, and that you want to share with our audience, especially for young, um, uh, you know, women or men going into a new career change because this yes. is essentially a huge career change and a huge transition. Yeah. Um, what is one thing that you wish you knew or you learned? Uh, oh. Or two. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think for a long time I've always wanted to do have have a business in this space, whether it was nails or beauty or something, but a service-based business. So, you know, I get a real um, thrill out of um, making people feel good, right? I know I'm not a doctor. We're not, a, we're not, we're not hey, saving lives. Everyone wants to feel good. But, you, you know, know, that's like, I feel like that's why I'm 
in my professional life, I want to I want to do good for people. And so, um, That's your, is that your why? Yeah, Simon Sinek, is that your why? It is my why. That you is know, so cool. At one point, I started studying naturopathy. I thought I wanted to go down that path, and you know, I've had that desire within me for a long time, and I didn't know how to ex- express, express it, or, it. Or, or do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think you know, I was nervous to do it for so long, and I probably didn't. Um, you know, I didn't, I was like, well, why would I go and turn my life on its head or like go and do something I have no idea about? And I held back for such a long time. And I wish just earlier I had said, just let, just say yes, just try it, just go out and try. Isn't and that I the think, case? Oh, you know what? I'm, I, I, yeah, I hear you because we, I think we're all guilty of that. Absolutely. It's the fear, yeah. you know, and that, that, that self-doubt, oh, maybe maybe, I'm, maybe I shouldn't, what if I'm crap, what are people yes. going to think of me? It's yep. all that kind of, yep. that negative dialogue that totally. goes on in your head. I, and, you know, I still battle with that now, like that, that it's, it's how am I going to be perceived, perception, and, but do I really know what I'm doing? And it's like, actually, no one knows what the hell they're doing half the time. What is it, imposter syndrome? Yes, that's it. <laughs> I was trying to think of what the word yeah, I uh, think massive sufferer of that. Oh no, do you know what? I think everyone is. Hello, you're talking to someone that's like never been in the media industry before yeah. in my life. And I on a daily have to talk myself into you know what you're doing. Yeah. Get your shit together, Maria. Yes. You know what you're doing. Yeah. You know, just do it. And Don't over you to it. do that, I think too. People can be around you because you know, plenty of people great supporters in my life. Yeah. But I still couldn't break through my my own mind to do that. So it was a bit of just like, just say yes, just give it a go. Yeah. The worst, sure, you can fail, but failing's not bad. It's not a bad thing. You know what? You learn. Every time you you make a mistake or you, you know, um, or, you know, you you learn. Um, I mean, failure's failure. At the end of the day, I think some of the biggest turning points in my life have been from the, some of the most incredible failures I've yes. had in my life, yep. if I can say that, you yep. know. And I can't I can't begin to actually advocate how important it is to experience failure to a certain degree or yep. to experience a, 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 a shit, how did I get myself into that? That's Ex- it, you know? yeah. Um, because the growth you get from it is oh, like, yeah. it's huge. I know, it's far outweighs just sitting back and thinking about the what ifs or maybe I could. Yeah, yeah. It's go out there, get the experience. One way or the other, you'll come out the other side of it. It's a journey. It's a journey. It's it's a freaking journey. Go on the journey. Go Go on on the the journey. journey. I think that's such valuable advice. You know, like dial down that internal dialogue that's Mm -hmm. going, oh, don't, you know, because as human beings, I think we want to feel that safety net. We want to feel that, you know, we always tend to do what is habitually our usual behaviour. You know, I know this, I want to stay in this little box. It's comfortable in this little box. That looks good. I don't know if I want to try it yet. Yeah. Should I? Shouldn't I? But what if I fall over? Yes. What if I'm cringed out? Well, yep. you probably will fall over. Yeah. And you probably will be cringed out. I cringe out. all the time. Yeah. I cringe all the time. I'm going to cringe after this yeah. looking at myself because there's so many cameras in this. Yeah. <laughs> there's so many cringe factors, but that's okay. I'm embracing it. Um, but it's such an important one. And thank you for sharing that because you're right. If we don't put ourselves out there and try, how will we know? Because I think regrets are worse, yeah? Regrets are definitely worse. Yeah. Regrets stick with you forever. So at least if you've gone in, you know, and you can move onwards, upwards, sideways, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. So that, from a business perspective, that's probably been my learning, and now I just embrace that 
as much as I can. Um, so, you know, not that it's still there. It's still there from time to time, but you just push it down. Um, <laughs> and I think, yeah, yeah. That's so good. That's so good. So um, tell me something, because you've got obviously you've got the two salons and so you've got a varied group of amazing team members mm-hmm. um, and, and, as you said earlier, different age groups yeah. and, and, and come from different backgrounds mm. and, and all the rest of it. What's one of the things that you look for in, in someone that wants to join your team? What are one of the crucial elements for, in their personality? Um, not so much their skill set because I'm a believer that you can learn you can learn a skill, yep. but I think yeah. personality is lasting. Yes. Character is lasting. Yes. Uh, what are some of the things that you look in in people uh, people's personalities or work ethics when they come to join your team? Mm. I think one of the one of the first things I look for generally is are they the kind of person who has really gone out there and pursued their own learning and betterment ongoing? So they haven't gone and just gone. Oh, I've done a course and yep, I can now do this. It's uh, they're continually going and learning new things and like enhancing their skills, whether it's, you know, the technical side of things or maybe more soft skills, but someone who really looks to continually better themselves yeah. um, and be open to learning. So that's really important. Yeah. Um, I certainly do look for people who have a good level of empathy um, as well. I think as a s- service business, um, having that is really, really important. It gets you a really long way. Yeah, 100%. Um, and that ability to read people, you know, you kind of need to read the, the mood and the vibe. And, and, <laughs> and that's that you can't teach that. You either, some people have it and they can vibe off people or they can't. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, that's a really, really good skill to have. Um, and then, yeah, just up for me, I think it's open mindedness. So some people come in, particularly women who might have, you know, 25 years' experience and they're quite set in their ways. Um, you know, you've got to be open to change, change and, and other ways of things because, you know, we deal with all different kinds of people day to day. And so you've got to be there to think on your feet and kind of adapt to the mood of the the client or the space or what's going on and think on your feet and, and just constantly adapt to the, the situation. So yeah, adaptability, I suppose, is, yeah, it's is an the other one. one. I think, I think, it's, um, I think we've all had to kind of learn to be a bit more adaptive, I, I think after COVID. Yes. Um, you know, in, in how we work and, you know, how we navigate our businesses and everything else, we've all had to kind of work and, and, you know, more than ever, I guess, try and be more empathetic. Yes. Um, because we've all experienced like a collective trauma, as a friend of mm. mine uh, referred to it a little while ago, and um, and I think that's important. I think you know having um, looking for that adaptability factor, that yeah. interest and initiative to on to ongoing to to learn ongoingly yes. and um, and to improve. Yeah, um, not only for the business, but for themselves. I think that's super important. Yeah, you I think know? if you believe that in yourself too, like you know you invest that in yourself, then that has a really positive benefit for the business as well. So, um, yeah, it's it's an important one. What Have you done anything to, in terms of like, have you read any books on business, entrepreneurship or nail industry? What did you do to invest in yourself from a business perspective? Yeah, so I think so... My partner, like as my life partner yep. and business partner. <laughs> You're like me, yep, yep. We spend 24-7 together. He um, he himself is very entrepreneurial um, and has had 
his own businesses over the years. And so he's acted very much as a mentor to me in terms of going out on my my own and, and starting Bath. That's so good. Yeah. He, there's nothing, I don't think there's anything more, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not just empowering, uh, but nothing, as a woman, as when your partner supports you in your business journey, oh. it's just, yeah. You know, like, that's romance for me. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's my love language. You yeah, know, hello. <laughs> that's like, you know, don't worry about the flowers and the chocolates. Yeah. You know, that is 100%. Yeah. Um, I think when your partner's there going, you can do it, baby, I've got your back. That's it. They give you the space. They support you. They help you drive forward. Like, that for me has been... Um, an amazing thing that I got to lean into, stepping away from more of a corporate yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, career. Um, you know, yeah, he's really helped motivate me and open my eyes up as to maybe, you know, how I need to uh, react in situations, how I need to move forward or handle things. And, um, yeah, it's been, that's been a really important one and key thing for me. Um, and then looking out to other women um, in business that I know or have connections to and kind of having, you know, chats or going having coffee and just hearing about how they have gone and the journey that what they've gone through yeah, um, and just listen and learn from them as well and take it on board and that that's kind of my ways, like, yeah, I hearing think it's, You know what, like even this conversation today, I think it's so important for women to have these conversations. We talk about fluffy stuff a lot. Yes. Um, and, and some of the most meaningful conversations that I've had with, with women, in, in not just in business but friends as well, mm. uh, are the challenges that they've had to face, whether it's personal, family, or whether it's, yeah. it's business-related or yeah. work-related. You always come out of that learning or understanding or having just a, a different perspective yep. um, on, on how they got there. What would you suggest to young women that are listening to this podcast that are embarking on starting, you know, a new startup or something new yes. and they don't have a supportive partner or they're not in a relationship? Uh, what would you um, what would you suggest to them? Like what's a good reference point for them if they're, you know, kind of struggling? Like yeah. what would you suggest to them? I think, you know, going out and listening to things like this or just going and finding other sources where you can listen and learn or be motivated or just hear some perspectives of how people have gone about things I think is incredibly powerful. Um, but also finding that ability to believe in yourself. So sometimes no one else is going to do it for you. No. You know, at the end of the day, you you are in charge of yourself and, and what you're going to say yes to and what you're going to do. And you need to find a way that you can empower yourself. And I think there's lots of different ways that you can go about doing that. And that can be external to your immediate kind of circle of friends or colleagues or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, finding that that way to kind of boost your confidence and get out there and say yes and do something. Yeah. Um, but I find, yeah, I listen to a lot of podcasts. What's your favourite bo- podcast? Oh, it's going to be Casper now. Yeah, I should say Casper, should <laughs> No, I? no, no. Um, at the moment I'm in a bit of a weird sort of like, um, like – self-help yoga-y sort of like meditation. Well, we should, moment, we should is... mention that Emma is pregnant with yeah. her second child, so that makes sense <laughs> because, does, you know what, you know, we need to kind of find that balance and that inner peace and zen the baby before. <laughs> so. I, well, to be honest, I ha- that's exactly right. Like I've had to switch off a bit from this more businessy stuff to go, okay, I've got all that. That's like 20 hours a day of my life, but I need a little bit of just like, 
connecting with my self time at the yeah, moment. So yeah. what are you doing for that? <sighs> yoga? Yeah, I sort of like yoga, listen to meditation, that kind of thing, but also just just going and sitting outside. I mean, I'm slowing down a little bit at the moment. So she's so cute. If you guys can see her, she's like so cute. <laughs> just sitting down with, you know, I, I live out in the outer east and we're surrounded by bush where we oh, live. Nice. And so just going and sitting outside and getting a bit of cool, fresh air is just like all it takes for five minutes with my coffee in the morning. So you know what? If that's it, that's, yeah. that's it. You know, like that's sometimes that's all we need. Sometimes yeah. we need a little bit more, but sometimes that's just enough. Yeah. That's a bit of solo enough. time as well never goes astray. Yeah. I just, I do appreciate, you know, no one else around. And, you know, particularly I've got a, a young daughter as well. So being able to just have time out to myself and do whatever I want to do yeah. is um is nice as well and important. It's so important. <laughs> I, I I took my son, I was, the kids have been on school holidays for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And, um, and my boys, uh, well, I, one, they're at, almost adults. My oldest son is 21 and my yeah. youngest will be 15 soon. Anyway, I went up to our place um, in Mornington and he's like, oh, I want to come with you. I go, oh, I just want to be by myself. Yeah. They're like, yeah. you know what, this is my time. But mum, please let me come. I want to ride my bike. And I want to go and do the trails. Da, da, da. Yep. So I thought, all right. And um, he came up with me and, um, and like, I don't know what he was expecting me to do. Yeah. And all I did, all I did was drink my tea. Yep. Do my Pilates. Yep. <laughs> and then sat up and watched my favourite shows on Apple. Sounds like a dream. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and he came into my room and I'm, I've got my setup. Yeah. He came into my room and I had my my um, my uh, my laptop in front of me and I'm like just binging on my favourite series. And he's walked in and it was like 8 o'clock at night. Yeah. And he goes, is this what you do when you get up here? I said, yeah, I'm sorry to disappoint you. What do you think I did? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I go, well, I throw a party. I yeah. said, no, this yeah. is my time. I don't want to talk to you. Yeah. I'm going to pretend you're not here. Go. <laughs> Shut the go. door See behind you. Take the dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I'm happy as as you know a pig in I don't want to say it, but we know what I'm going to say. Um, but on lastly, um, Emma, before we say um, goodbye, um, I just want to ask any future plans for Buff that you can share with us. Any more salons to anticipate? Yes. Um, are you looking at? You know, expanding what's or adding more beauty. Yeah, I was actually thinking about this last night. Going, I wonder if she's going to add facials. I wonder if she's going to add aesthetics. Oh, you know, maybe a cellulite machine would be really cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All things I've considered. Um, you know, I've kind of gone down a few little rabbit holes of yeah, how else do we evolve Buff as a as a beauty business? Um, and I keep coming back to the fact that you know, I want to do one thing. I want to do it really well. And that for me is nails. So we are sticking in the nail field, but definitely have, um, big expansion plans. So we will have a third salon opening early next year. Exciting. Yeah. Which is exciting. Um, and you know, the plan is over the next five years to continue to roll out salons nationally, potentially internationally oh if I goodness. go big. But, um, yeah, certainly continue to build a salon network and bring the buff experience to more people because we do know, you know, you don't really want to travel more than 10 or 15 minutes to get your nails done. So there's lots of scope for us to to open Absolutely. up around Australia. Um, are you going to stay Bayside or are you going to oh, We'll just... branch out a little bit, okay, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> just, just asking. <laughs> um, and then... Uh, alongside that, for the last nine months, we have been working on a product business. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I That's think it's exciting. It is. It is. It's, um, 
you know, kind of was driven a little bit out of the COVID thing in mm. that, you know, I good nails, we can do amazing things with our hands and feet in the salon. Um, but really, you know, good nails do start at home and there's not really a, a ritual around nail care at home for women. You know, we no. all have a skincare, a hair care kind of ritual, I suppose. Um, it's about what are the what's just simple nail care at home? What does that look like for women? And how do we get women to start adopting that as well? So yeah. um, we do have a, a nail care range that'll come out early next year as well alongside exciting. that, which has been really exciting. It's been another uh, eye-opening journey of something that I don't have any background in. Wow. But, um, wow. Had had some really good reference points and people to work with alongside on that. So that's a really exciting one. That's great. Um, and, yeah, I think, you know, continuing to just grow and expand and um, see, you know, hopefully it continues to resonate with with um, people and, yeah. Well, you know what, I'm sure it will. Uh, like I, I love the space for, for many reasons and I think you're, what you're doing in terms of um, really shaking up the industry, um, not only with your work culture but also with your, your technical skills and how much your your staff love being around mm. you and, mm. and the salons, I think um, the future's bright and I'm very excited that you're expanding. I was hoping you were going to say that, why wouldn't you? <laughs> um, and even more excited now that, you know, you, you'll be doing that we'll, we'll be able to have a little buff care at home. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's really good. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for being so open and so transparent about your business journey um, and 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 your and your entrepreneurial skills and, and what you're doing and, and sharing some of those um, challenges with us. I think um, it's it's important to for us to understand that, hey, you know what, we can take something from this and learn from it. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming thank to you. Casper. And thank you to Roland Media that's <laughs> actually filming and taping this podcast today. Uh, Brayden is doing an exceptional job and um, I look forward to working with him again. <laughs> he's shaking his head. He's like, no, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> I want to talk to footy players. They're more exciting. <laughs> Um, thanks again. Oh, thank you. If you guys want to visit Emma, um, follow her on Instagram at Buff Nails. Buff Nails Studios. Buff Nails Studios. And or you can make an appointment on, I'll leave that one to you. Yep. Jump online at buffnailstudios.com and you can book in any time. Perfect. Perfect. So we'll catch up with you when you launch your product. Thanks. Looking okay. forward to it. <laughs> Yay. Thanks. That's a wrap.